Let's be real. Our most serious conversations happen when we pee together. And whether it's on the phone with your biffle or in a group at a nightclub with your fifth vodka cranberry in hand and makeup looking like a melted clown. Join us where we create a safe space for those of us who are always asking the questions we've grown up believing everyone around us has figured out only to realize none of us truly know what the hell is going on. Come along and laugh at us and we promise we won't take our absurdity personally. I need to pee. Do you need to pee? Will you come with us? Hey, all This is Alexis at the I Need to Pee podcast, and today we have a very special guest, and we are super excited. We are going to talk a little bit about how to quit your job. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This is by no means an encouragement to quit a job or to leave your current work environment. The reality is, is that we all have moments in our lives where we need to transition in our careers. It could be because you got an incredible job offer and a huge salary increase. It could be because you're working in an environment that doesn't really encourage you or have as much opportunity for growth as maybe you might like, or it might be because you want to make a career change. Whatever the reason is, we understand and we're here for you and we're really excited for our guest today. So here we go. Perfect. So I'm going to introduce our special guest. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we'll be talking to Shen Sen on our podcast. Shen is a finance and accounting executive search recruiter at a boutique recruiting agency in San Diego. Shen has helped hundreds of people on their journey to discover their next step in their career and has helped guide them through the grueling job application process. However, before you can start kicking ass and taking names at that new job, you still have to resign from your current company. And oftentimes, this can be harder than it sounds. So today on I Need to Pee podcast, we're going to be talking with Shen about how to properly resign from your current job and how to leave a company on great terms. Welcome, Shen. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This is definitely a very interesting topic, especially during these times. And, you know, resigning is like breaking up with someone, really. There's really no great time to do it. So the key takeaway here is that the more prepared that you are in advance, the best that the outcome will be. All right. Some quick icebreakers for you, Shen, just because we do like to warm up a little bit with something that's a little more fun, a little more lax. So we have three questions. The first is, what is your favorite snack food? Ooh, you know, what comes to mind is super hot, hot Cheetos. Those are my guilty pleasure. And an interesting thing that I do is I actually eat them with ranch or sour cream. Don't knock it until you try it. No, that sounds amazing. I am like, (laughs) honestly, you could bathe me in ranch and I'd be pretty much (laughs) stoked. I love that idea. Oh my gosh. That's the only thing that will get me to eat my veggies for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. What's your guilty pleasure? Hmm, this is an interesting one. I will have to say going to my favorite 24-hour burrito drive-thru in San Diego, which is Roberto's, and getting a surf and turf burrito, which has shrimp, carne asada, french fries, and I'm pretty sure they have this secret amazing like cream sauce in there, and I eat the whole thing in one sitting, and that is why it is my guilty pleasure, but I love it every time. 
All right. Last question. Where's the next destination on your travel list? Okay. Especially um, given borders I, were all open. Right. <laughs> hmm. I would love to go to Thailand and Indonesia for like two weeks and just stay out there, live the life, be in paradise and experience that culture. I think that would be really amazing. It's definitely like in my top one slash two. That's awesome. You're our second guest to say Thailand. That's so funny. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for the quick rapid fire. And now we're going to dive in. Perfect. So obviously this conversation is or can be extremely nerve wracking depending on your situation. And you mentioned, you know, the best way to kind of go into this conversation is to be prepared. So how do you recommend Mm -hmm. people kind of prepare for this conversation? What kind of things should they take into consideration when thinking about having a resignation conversation? I think that logistically before you resign, there are some things that you need to make sure that you've secured in your next job before you give notice in your current job. And some of those things include, you know, actually getting a verbal offer that lines up what you're expecting. And then from there, getting that written offer letter in front of you and then getting that signed. In addition to that, each company does have a different background check process. Some of them include a drug screen. Some of them include a criminal background. So I would just recommend making sure that you're fully comfortable with that onboarding process and that you're 110% sure that, you know, your background check will pass and that the job will be there and, you know, everything is secured before ultimately going into the office or, you know, setting up in a meeting with your current employer and initiating that conversation. So I would say that's the first thing. And the second thing is to do a little self-reflection, really review and really think about, hey, you know, why did I want to start a new job in the first place? You don't really know what it's going to be like when you go into that room or have that meeting virtually and what's going to come from the other side. So knowing what brought you to look for a new job in the first place can really, you know, realign and help you reassess why this conversation needs to happen. And then lastly is having a resignation letter ready to go. So if you're doing this in person, going into the meeting with it in your hand, but if it is virtual, having that email ready to go and initiating that conversation saying, hey, you know, I did want to set up this meeting to let you know that this will be the last two weeks that I will be at my current company. And I do have an email drafted and ready to go for HR purposes and just having that set up before you even initiate that meeting. Awesome. That's so helpful. And when you're talking about how to resign and when you're preparing to resign, are you, Mm -hmm. who's the correct person that you should be resigning to first? Yeah. So at some companies, you know, it's big and sometimes people work at a fortune 500 and they have a lot of different managers and HR contacts and they don't know who that first person is. Right. So my suggestion is the person who hired you, if they're still there, they probably will be the person that you should resign to if, you know, they are still your manager. Obviously, if they hired you and they're now in another department or they've, you know, gone promoted or left the company, then, you know, that conversation should be had with someone else. So ultimately, it is your immediate supervisor that should be given the heads up first. So who you report to day to day and turn in your deliverables to. And then from there, they will have an understanding of the protocol of what you need to do next from an HR perspective to get the job done. So once you talk to your supervisor or your manager, 
do you feel like you need to also tell like the next head up or HR or do you think they'll handle it? Usually they'll handle it. So, I mean, sometimes people will tell their manager and then they want to tell their own team themselves, but that's not an obligation of yourself to have to tell everybody at the company. It's just to resign with your manager. And then from, you know, a legal and HR perspective, they'll handle it. And the rest of the people, you really decide based on your relationship, how you want to handle the rest. Awesome. And obviously the gold standard when resigning from a company is the giving two weeks notice. Mm-hmm. Is that always the case? Is it always two weeks? Or what is your perspective after having talked with many people kind of about their situations? Yeah, so definitely the standard for a courtesy resignation is to provide two weeks. And that way your current employer is able to cross train or relay your duties to someone else or be able to kind of wrap up some of the projects and tasks that you were working on and not just quit and the next day you're gone. Um, In terms of, you know, what that length is, that's a standard, but it really does depend. Like if you know that you oversee a lot and those processes may not have been documented or recording before, you need to have considered that and, and knowing, hey, what does that timeline look like? And being able to not only give yourself that in your current company, but also negotiate that timeline with your next employer and give them the understanding of, hey, you know, I have built a lot here. I have made an impact. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that it's a smooth transition. And usually it is a two-week process, but because of what I've been able to accomplish and may take over to maybe three, is that something that you're able to work with me on? But even sometimes when candidates do resign and give their courtesy two weeks, it doesn't always mean that they have to stay based on the responsibilities. For example, in the world of recruiting, when people resign from their role, it's not the standard that you stay for two weeks. It's more at the end of the week or one week max so that you're able to kind of transfer all of your contacts to the next person and move on. So I would say two weeks is a standard that you should lead with if you don't know what the right answer is. If you know that you have a heavier load job, then, you know, I would recommend considering three, but it all just depends. But two is a standard. I'm actually curious in terms of posting on social media, they say there's a better day to do it than others. Would you say that's the same for this? Or can you just go ahead and do it on any day of the week? Yeah, so this also has to do with lining up the timeline with your next employer. What I usually recommend is that you do resign on a Friday afternoon, but that's obviously the ideal. That doesn't always work out that way. For example, if your employer wants you to start on a Wednesday, you know, two weeks from now and today is Tuesday, you do need to resign tomorrow to be able to give the full two weeks before moving on to your new company. That said, afternoon is usually a better time just because that way it really eliminates the time that they are able to, the your manager is able to kind of think through what you just said to them and, and kind of retaliate the same day. So it kind of just gives everyone the evening, the night to kind of process and think about it and kind of eliminate as much opportunity as possible for them to, you know, come back, come back at you that same day. 
Gotcha. No, I definitely agree. I think having the weekend to kind of let everyone cool off is also kind of nice. <laughs> so my next question is, do you always have to tell your current company where you're going to go next? I think some people feel uncomfortable sharing kind of where they're going to be going next. Is that something that is obligated of, of the person leaving the company? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And the short answer is no. There's no need for you to reference your new company, what you'll be doing, or even what you'll be earning there. The really critical information that's relevant to the transition is your last day, how long you're seeing there in the meantime, and what you plan to do to help that transition run smoothly. And what you can say if they keep asking you those targeted questions is, hey, I would love to discuss that with you a month after, you know, once I settle in and get my grounding. But in the meantime, let's focus on what I can do here now to make it the best transition for the next person that comes into my role. And I think if they really respect you, they can just leave it at that. And it's just to really, if they do keep trying to really refocus the conversation to the transition. And, and re-emphasizing that you have made this decision, your intent is to stay with it and you move on to the company next. So of course, we all assume and we expect that question, right? Mm-hmm. When we walk in and we resign from a job, we anticipate that the first thing out of everyone's mouth is going to be, oh, so what are you going to do next? Where are you going? What other questions are commonplace from your manager when resigning from a job? Or would you say that there are specific questions that you hear constantly and what they've experienced and what they've heard. Yep. So those questions definitely come to mind at first. And I think the main purpose of those questions is to really undermine where you're going next for the employer. So if you give them any of those details, they can be like, oh, that company X, Y, and Z, or you'll be doing that. So I think that's expected knowing to really revert that conversation to the transition Other questions that come up is, why didn't you tell me that you were unhappy in this current job? You know, I had no idea that this was coming up. What could we do now? How can we keep you around? What can we do now? So those are very difficult questions to be facing when this is a difficult conversation to be had. So I would also definitely come prepared to know and expect a counter offer, even if you're not going to get one, just to know how to respond in that moment in time. So in short, there really aren't any questions that you're obligated to answer from your manager or from your no, colleagues. That's correct. Would you say that there are any questions that you really should answer? I think for your own self, it's just really your last day. And obviously, if you plan to keep those people as acquaintances or friends sharing your personal contact information. But other than that, there's not a real obligation from a legal or HR perspective to share beyond that. And that would include, you know, where you're going next and all of the details of that. So I know that there are times when you're giving your resignation and Mm -hmm. there's always a chance that they do a counteroffer. How Mm -hmm. do you go about navigating a counteroffer and how do you, I don't know, how do you make that decision? Is the, like, if, if the counter is like so great, is it worth it for you to stay? Like, how do you think about that in that moment? And how do you like navigate that situation? Yeah. So I think that counter offers, obviously the reactive reaction from your current employer. And at the end of the day, if 
they are a great employer in terms of growth opportunity, culture, and all those things for you, then it shouldn't have had reached this point where they're like, okay, you gave me an ultimatum. I'll give you what you need. I have seen that when candidates do take counter offers because they were looking for better work-life balance or, you know, more help in the projects because they were feeling overwhelmed. Those things are immediately promised by their employer, but soon after it kind of goes back to the status quo. Another thing to consider is loyalty and commitment and what that means after you resign to accept a counter offer and stay with the firm or company that you're with. I think a lot of people think, oh, hey, I'm going to go and, and shop for a different offer and, and bring it back to my employer and, and be able to get a stronger compensation. But yes, that could be the truth if you're in an extremely competitive marketplace, but also it could let your employer know that you're not ultimately loyal to stay in her, his or her team and, and growing there long-term. So that could turn around and bite you back in the butt. And when things come up like training and career development, they might take that into consideration. So at the end of the day, really think about why you're resigning. Is it really to move on from your current opportunity or is it really to make your current opportunity better? And if it is the latter, how are you able to do that without getting to this point of going interviewing and getting a job and then resigning and having this conversation now? How are you able to bring that to your manager before it even gets to this point is a really helpful thing to really think about because at the end of the day, I don't recommend people staying and taking counter offers at their current employer. That's super good to know. I mean, sometimes the money kind of puts a mask on things and it's hard to think logically in that scenario sometimes. Mm -hmm. But and when you do get a counter offer, how do you go about, if you do take that route, how do you go about telling the other company that you already locked in the deal with? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not the first time that they'll have this happen to them, right? So I think just having that pressure off of your shoulders, first things first, and Secondly, I think you really need to think about it before going back to the um, the other employer, just as the same as you really need to think about it before resigning with your current employer. But at the end of the day, I think it's really addressing that you are gracious for the opportunity and something came out unexpected and a surprise in a positive way at your current employer. And, you know, maybe the, the word track is like, things that I thought were missing in my current opportunity are now fulfilled and, and then some, and I feel like it is a better choice for my career to stay at my current company. And I hope that we can stay in touch and stay cordial in, in my professional network. And on the same note, you know, when you are resigning to your current employer, it is also important to emphasize the graciousness and appreciation that you have from working with them or for them. And it's not just, hey, I'm resigning, here's my two weeks, but hey, without everything that you've done for me and everything that I've learned here, I definitely wouldn't have had been equipped to go to this next step of my career that I'm very excited about. So thank you so much for everything that you've done. And, you know, not only being direct and, and consistent about the transition and you leaving, but also being appreciative of, you know, the time here, that always leaves it in a better note. Yeah. And I think you actually just brought up a good point that, you know, I think a lot of times people don't raise complaints while they're employed at a company and they wait until they leave to tell the company how they feel or 
how to change certain aspects of their position. So how do you recommend having that conversation if you do feel like there are changes or improvements that could be made without burning any bridges? Yep, that's a great question. So I would say, you know, a lot of us in a corporate environment think that, hey, I'm not really going to speak to my manager unless it's on that one-on-one, right? Like, unless it's on my calendar, it's not my place to really speak up and think about what I'm looking for in my career and making sure that aligns with my career path of what my manager had in mind for me. So that's the first thing is to really think about what your own career path will look like first, and then figuring out, you know, hey, is that something that's offered at my current company? Yes or no. And if the question is yes, is that something that I'm getting as resources, you know, in my own role? Yes or no. Then how am I able to kind of get to those resources, right? So figuring out what you're asking for (laughs) is a very important part of preparing for that conversation. And I think it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, right? Sometimes our managers manage a ton of people. So what we think are great accomplishments and merits sometimes do go unnoticed. And so if career development and the opportunity for promotion is one of your priorities, and it's definitely important, for example, to sit down and think about, hey, what are my accomplishments? How have I added value to my current company, you know, in the last year or last two years so that when you sit down and have that conversation, you can let them know, hey, I've really thought about my time here and I've really appreciated about how I've been able to grow in my role. And just recently, I sat down and thought about X, Y, and Z that I've been able to accomplish. As I kind of think about my career, you know, moving forward, what do you see for me? And maybe starting out being a little bit open dialogue with it so that you're able to kind of introduce those ideas that you had in mind for yourself to your supervisor as well. Definitely. No, I think that's great advice. Would you say there's any major differences when resigning from a large corporate America type of company versus a smaller institution that might be a startup or an employer that has a small amount of people working there? Yeah, I definitely think that the process for resigning will be different. But the first step for both of those is, again, contacting your immediate supervisor and letting them know first. I think at a smaller company, they're then able to distribute that information to the whole company in a pretty effective manner quickly and help you kind of transition all of your resources back into the company. Versus if you work for a bigger company like a Fortune 500, not only are you going to tell your immediate supervisor, but HR is probably going to have an exit interview with you as well, where they ask about your experience working at your current company. And this is in part to really evaluate how your experience was, but it also helps them understand like, hey, what are some points that we can improve on to retain some of our best people? So that's an aspect of it. And I will say it's more formalized in a larger environment. Like, hey, you're going to turn in your laptop to HR. And and I think, you know, you're kind of like your keys and all of those things. We're at a smaller company. You're probably just turning in your laptop and that's that. Definitely. No, I think that's definitely a good point as well. And after you've had that resignation conversation, what are other things that people can do to ensure that they're leaving on good terms and setting the next person up for success? Yep. So 
I would say to your discretion, letting people know after you let your manager know is a good idea, just so that the people that you do work with very cross-functionally day-to-day are then able to kind of have a head start of, hey, how do I now plan my workflow knowing that this person is going to be gone for two weeks, in the next two weeks, I should say. And in terms of for the next person, just really organizing your work for them and in the case that it's not a job that is very common at your company, like for example, you're the only person doing that job or you're one of two versus there's 10 people doing that job. It could be that you're holding a lot of intellectual information, you know, specifically about this company that has been established by yourself or passed on orally that you're now retaining just in mind. So I think a lot of that also has to do with kind of thinking about your day-to-day processes and then writing them down for the next person to then kind of have a playbook day one and not feel all that lost. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say it, but we haven't heard from Dom the producer yet. And it's kind of crucial to hear about any (laughs) questions you might want to ask. Yes, we're going to get into the juicy, juicy bit of this. Okay, let's get real. Let's be real. Like, how effective is glass floor? So I have had experiences where candidates get excited about a company and an opportunity because of the way that I share the information and what I know. And what I don't know is what's on their glass door. And that's the surprise that I sometimes reactively have to read through and figure out myself. I have had just personally... Two candidates in the last two years that I've been doing this kind of withdraw from the interview process because of what they've seen. I think at the end of the day, it does take some self-reflection of like, okay, this toxic environment, like, am I really doing it to warn people? Or am I really doing it to get back at my current employer? And just like what the message is, because at the end of the day, I do think that there are environments that are toxic for all people, but I also think that that could be subjective in terms of like, hey, you know, maybe some people thrive in certain environments that's not conducive to others. So just being mindful that people do take Glassdoor reviews seriously, maybe more seriously than they take Yelp reviews because it's our profession, but in the same light, right? Like when I write a Yelp review, it's not always because I have a mediocre experience. It's very polarizing. So just thinking through the long term of like, hey, you know, what am I really trying to do? And am I trying to warn? Am I trying to really retaliate? And what is that impact going to be? And just as another caveat, we do not encourage writing spiteful glass door reviews. Oh, come on. And we don't <laughs> encourage getting back at a former lawyer. By any means. Look, it's a way to vent. Like if you have like, if you've been a part of an opportunity to, of your career and you feel like the environment's so toxic that you don't want the Mm. next person to go through it. How do you tell the next person who comes into your job? Like, I just don't want you to go through that again. Or maybe that person that had an issue just had an issue with you. I think it's also very interesting because it's kind of like the Yelp example you're only ever writing Yelp reviews usually if you're mad. So you kind of have to think about like when you're looking at Glassdoor, like, hey, most of the time people that do write these are probably just mad. So you also have to think about all the positive people that have left and like maybe do Mm -hmm. like due diligence in a different way. Like maybe reach out to people who you can see that have worked at the company. 
That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And like, check it out that way and maybe message them and be like, Hey, I saw you worked here. I'm curious. I'm interviewing. What was your experience? Because for the Mm -hmm. most part, people don't write positive reviews. It's usually to write something bad. Yeah. And I think it's also for someone to now be at a different company, but still want to take the time out of their day to speak about their previous employer. Like, I think that goes very far too. So we're basically both right. It's the difference between writing something out of spite and vengeance versus writing something to be helpful and informative and in warning caution. And Alexis's new name is now Buddha. <laughs> she is oh so wise. She, she is so wise. Well, I feel very equipped for when and if I ever do decide to quit my job later on down the road. Hopefully that doesn't happen for a while but I'm super grateful for your time. I feel so educated already. And I feel like our listeners are probably extra thankful to have this time to listen and like really get these questions because some people just don't know, you know, it's always like a weird thing and super uncomfortable the first time you go through it. So interviewing isn't natural. Resigning isn't natural either. And this is not something they teach you at school. So definitely happy to be a resource. And thank you so much for having me. My name is Shun Sen on LinkedIn, so you can connect with me. It's spelled Q-I-A-N-C-E-N. And you can also reach me at my email address, which is Q-C at Proven, spelled P-R-O-V-E-N, recruiting.com. Thanks, Shen. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yes, we are so thankful. But I would say at this time... We've probably been in the bathroom a bit too long. I really need to pee, you guys. Bye. 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 Casey Hayden and Alexis, three best friends from a small town, Sun Valley, Idaho, finding excuses to talk while going through social withdrawal and quarantine. Now working in different industries and different cities across the U.S., we talk to each other about pop culture, growing up, our most embarrassing moments, work stories, relationships, sexuality, and a whole lot of nonsense.